People, 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 good morning, a good morning, and some more good mornings. Welcome back to another pre-recorded podcast of the Arsenio Buck Show, picking up where I left off yesterday in terms of Gary V's book. Now, he talked about Louis Ho specifically in terms of how he began hustling. I'm telling you, man, that 2008 was one of the best years that could ever happen. You know, a lot of people lost their 401ks, a lot of people lost their houses, and the thing is, well, a lot of people should have known that there was a massive bubble that was on the incline, beginning in the 2000s. 2000, 2001, 2002, people bought houses for as little as nothing, and then next thing you know, when 2008 came around, boom, it was gone. But see, the internet wasn't, it was just maturing, I wouldn't even say, it was probably in the the premature, the internet was probably like, in 2000, the internet was probably, uh, I would have to say, your first day of kindergarten. Honestly, there weren't that many people using the internet. It was like MSN, and the next thing you know, the internet started developing. By about 2004, when MySpace first debuted, it became, I guess you could say, a second grader. By 2006, the internet, oh my god, man, I was still using floppy disks. I would have to say it was in the adolescent stage. 2008 Facebook, I mean, Facebook was dry as hell in 2008, 2009. Next, you know, MySpace went splat and Facebook went, woohoo, YouTube came. And then YouTube started coming out, what, 2009, 2010, it became big time. Next, you know, it was in the, hey, it was in the late stage, it graduated from high school. And next, you know, man, we are in the doctoral, you, man, we are way beyond that in terms of the maturity of the internet. And a lot of people point. At what happened back in 2008 as being such a massive, uh, a terribly terrible year. And of course, that's going to happen again because this is just how it works. 2000, the dot com. 2008. Now, Tom is what they call it back in Thailand back in 1997 when a lot of Thais, Japanese, and Korean men threw themselves off buildings because they lost everything. Guys, we have these moments. All of us do. Louis Hose was one of them. You guys don't know Louis Hose. Louis Hose is the man. I like Lewis Hose. Um, first time I came across him had to be about two years ago. And, of course, he had my favorite person in the world. Lisa Nichols was on his show. And she just sat there. And she talked about so many things. Speaking of which, man, I'm actually doing this pre-recorded podcast a day before. Before my commute, my long commute over to the other side of town to go to a place that I'm soon to quit. And I feel so great about quitting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Lisa Nichols. That was the first video I watched on his channel, and it was so compelling. Lisa Nichols, Lewis Hose, you guys just throw that in on YouTube, and you would be like, wow. She actually debuted her, uh, I think, her Abundance Now book back in 2016, and it was a remarkable book because the the most the most important part of especially that talk during that Lewis Hose uh, interview was her talking about, you know, purposeful relationships and so many other things that I could just relate so much to me. So I ended up buying the book and that book was phenomenal. It really was. It sucks because I didn't write blogs on it. So I wasn't able to retain a lot of that information, but, ah, oh, just a wonderful book. And that's when I first started, you know, hearing out, you know, hearing about Lewis Hose and how great he was at interviewing. And so, Basically, he went through the heartbreak just as a lot of us do. You know, he used to play arena football. He used to play, I think, was it handball or, oh my God, I forgot what it was. Uh, But he used to play for the USA national team and a couple of things. This guy was legit. And there was one day he was playing football. He ran right up against one of those barriers in the arena. Of course, they have these boards all over the place and they're, they're pretty much like a haphazard and boom, snap, snapped his hand. His career was over. 
Um, and haven't thought about that and, you know, sitting on his sister's couch for so long, he was just like, man, what am I supposed to do? And back in 2008, of course, you know, going forward, the economic collapse happened and it was even more impossible for him to get opportunity because he didn't, I guess he didn't have the credentials. And of course you're not going to get a job even during that time, man, it was hard for me to get a part-time job at McDonald's while I was going to college. It was, it was horrific. Oh my God. So then he was introduced to Lincoln by someone and he was like, you know what? I need to be around people or someone that could actually inspire me. And so, of course, I told you guys about Lisa Nichols. She ended up going, you know, saving up, ooh, $62,500. And she was literally, she just kept writing those checks to the bank, calling, you know, calling it funding my dream. And, of course, her being in South Central, being in one of the worst neighborhoods of all time at the time. Of course, back in the 90s, she said she just started going to, like, different things for free. She would be the cleaning person and... She would just intake all this information, and she said there was like 50 executives there, and she was the only African-American, let alone the only woman there. And by that time, she was, ended, you know, she went to, oh my God, I think she went to it about 26 times, and by the end, she was actually given the talks. So when he started looking at those uh, opportunities, he began, you know, increasing his profile, uh, which led to him meeting big, inf- you know, meeting big influencers, and he started hosting events, charging door fees, and he started making 2K a month. And then, of course, he moved out of his sister's home. And a lot of people were like, they were astounded. They were like, how is he pulling this off? Didn't have a real job. He didn't have a college degree. And yet he was bringing in big influencers from all over the country to speak at these conferences. He did it all through LinkedIn. He quoted, he said, I think because I came with energy and passion, I attracted opportunities. I attracted people to come to these events. I became passionate about teaching because no one else was talking about LinkedIn the way I was. He said he made it fun. And, you know, a lot of people thought LinkedIn was uh, very, very boring. Bringing myself to uh, what probably I'm going to have to speak about again. Speaking of LinkedIn, I was actually teaching out of a business book this morning to some executives. And LinkedIn is one of those it's one of those professional things. I didn't know how powerful it was until this morning. Until this morning, Monday. You guys are listening to this on Tuesday, but until this morning. Because I saw this little entry about this specific site and I was like, this sounds a lot like LinkedIn. So I looked it up on Google and they're like, So what is this site, teacher? And I was like, you know what? It sounds like LinkedIn. They're like, what's LinkedIn? And I just went on a 20-minute talk about LinkedIn, and then I realized, oh, my God, there are so many different jobs I can apply for on here. Well, over the last 10, uh, I guess you could say over the last three hours, I applied for about 10 different jobs. Were they just teaching jobs? Nope. We're talking about, like, learning specialists. I think I'm ready to take that massive jump going forward. I'm going to teach teams. You know, I want to teach so many different things and, you know, develop all the, you know, the analytics of this and, you know, trying to become a mentor. Oh, yes, this is it. I'm excited. And you know what? I did that at the hands of literally teaching my own students and them teaching me, asking me a question. Then I ultimately gave them an answer that led to my belief that I maybe I could land a job on LinkedIn. And now it's happening right now. And so... This this is of course he approached bars and uh, you know like different bars and restaurants and he's like how can I make this particularly valuable for them and so he started making a lot of money 
He did. See, back in 2008 to 2010, I remember there was this one little bull. I forgot what the, you know, I forgot. Again, I think I've mentioned this before. I forgot what the name was uh, of this specific YouTube channel. Um, But I remember my sister used to watch them all the time. They're like, they're so funny. And I'm like, what is this? So I would watch them. I was like, oh, they are pretty funny. If they continued at that time, they're millionaires right now. Those people that started in 2008, Tube is another one, Lily Singh, the rapper. Yeah, they're all millionaires. Why? Because they started so long ago. You know, Lewis Hill quoted in the book, he said, I just started to go for it and ask for what I wanted. He started asking for 20% commission off at, you know, the food and bar as opposed to the 10% when he started getting bigger. You know, he went from 2K to 4K to 6K. He said he charged $20 at the door instead of 5 he started changing more, you know, for the sponsorships and whatnot. Because Lewis was bringing so much value to the venues and the sponsors and all the attendees and whatnot, they were even more happy to pay a higher price for Lewis's services. In one year, he hosted 20 events around the country. So then he branched out into other service products. The company was bringing in $2.5 million in sales. But despite the success... See, after a few, a few years, Lewis was ready to, you know, do something new. He's like, you know what? I became less passionate. There's only so much I could talk about, you know, and, you know, and stand in line for a photograph and optimize my, you know, my LinkedIn profile. So he sold his business and he started on his next podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. His next project, which was the School of Greatness. It's a podcast. So, of course, since its inception in, fi- you know, 2013, which I wish I was doing my podcast back then. School of Greatness has been downloaded over tens of millions of times. You know what? Every year it makes a debut in the top 50 in terms of the iTunes podcast. In 2015, Lewis published, you know, his New York Times bestseller, The School of Greatness. He continues to coach. He attends to, you know, he continues to attend speaking events. He does so many different things. It's just, and he tells himself, he said, I felt like I was the luckiest guy in the world to learn all these skills and to develop this confidence over this amount of time. It just shows us how much we can know. I mean, you know how much we can learn and oh man, how much other people care. But you know what? He says at one point he felt like he was a jerk. And if he felt like he was, if he would have been a jerk. For that long, none of this would have ever happened because he just, he said he just didn't really care for people before all of that. It's amazing, huh? Think about it. You know, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, you know what? Am I becoming less passionate about being a teacher? And that's what I really want to go into that whole education specialist, you know, being a counselor, a counselor of life, you know? And so that's, those are the jobs I'm applying for right now, because the thing is, teacher, 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 that's only going to do so much. Yes, okay, it, you know, pays the bills, brings in some stuff, I could go on a couple holidays and whatnot, do my little competitions, but at the same time, I got to just keep on improving vastly. So I'm going to go on LinkedIn. I'm going to go on LinkedIn, I've been updating my LinkedIn over the past couple hours, and I'm going to keep on doing it, I'm going to put a lot of different things up there. And I want people to take notice and take, you know, take notice who I am. I'm, I'm applying for big freaking time jobs, like at universities. Um, I'm applying for, what is it, like uh, big companies that are all around the Asian seaboard. I'm doing big things. I really, really am. And I'm so excited. See, guys, it's about, it's about saying to yourself, are you really content where you're going in life right now? Remember yesterday, I was talking, well, today, technically, but you know, tomorrow you're going to listen to this. So yesterday... But I was saying, you know, what's your intent? What's your intent about everything you're doing right now? Honestly, you really need to sit down and ask yourself that. 
Because when you figure out what your intent is, and then you start centering your activities and you start linking up with people and learning from people who are doing the same thing and writing things that are catered specifically for this and that and, you know, showing your profile, showing, you know, who you are and showing off your writing. <sighs> Money time. See, whatever skills, you know, of course, a lot of uh, Gary Vee talks about doubling down on what they don't know and like tripling up on what they do know and becoming a master in the field that you're actually really, really good at. <sighs> yes. But at the same time, Improving everything. See, I wasn't the master of TOEIC, teaching TOEIC. I remember my student would say, okay, competent, competency, uh, incompetent, blah, 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 blah. They were like, okay, so how can you, you know, how can you teach me this? And four years ago, I was like, uh, I know the answer, but there's no way I could teach you it. And why? It's just simply basically because I didn't know suffixes, prefixes, you know, the nouns, adverbs, verbs. I know all of that now. Now I do that on YouTube, which I'm ultimately going to sell for courses online for those who are very, very serious about achieving different scores. It's all going down. See, I wasn't that good at that. You know, even my writing, my writing was good. I got my A's in my English literature classes back in college and whatnot. But then I got a finger pointed right in my face and he said, I don't like your, your writing isn't that good. You know, of course, a 500 year old Brit. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, no, I love my British. Um, not the ones here. Um, I always say that. Um, so I said, you know what? How can I improve my writing? So I started figuring out so many other things. And I'm like, oh, my God, writing is super easy. You could learn that in less than an hour. You don't need to take courses. But the thing is, a lot of Thai students believe they have to take courses. Why? It could be because inspiration, motivation, you know, having that person. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Drill you all the time. But, man, everything is available. And you can learn everything right now. So start doubling up on the skills that you, you know, you're kind of half-assed at, but if you actually get better at it, there are much, much more grander opportunities. I saw that online. They said, those who can actually write academically, this is what I saw on LinkedIn, they said they have a 115% increase over other candidates that cannot write. So if you actually see my writing and see some of my YouTube and see some of my comments I left on some inspirational videos, I always have between 100 and 500 likes on those particular videos because, well, because my writing is on fire. My speaking is on fire, and that's why people love me. Get better at the skills that you're not that good at, and the ones that you're really good at, triple up on those. And with that being said, people, stay tuned for the next. Oh, man, we got the big ones coming up Wednesday and Thursday. We're topping off the Darren Hardy book. Again, Thursday's podcast is going to be about an hour. Boy, the blog. And you know what? I'm doing this for me, too, and I'm writing everything down. And I'm just going to put it as an example on my website. So please stay tuned for that. And, guys, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. And have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. This is your host. Thanks for tuning back in to a pre-recorded podcast. Over and out.